Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fourth series of The Human Podcast, a place to hear extraordinary human stories that celebrate the limitless potential of human beings. So often, our personal stories of tragedy and survival are left untold, hidden behind the facade of our ordinary lives. Human has been created to make them more seen, more heard, and more celebrated. Because by doing so, I think we can all feel more connected to our shared humanity. So if the world is feeling like a dark or difficult place, join us and let your heart be ignited by the fire of the human spirit. Steffi White is a yoga teacher, podcaster and the founder of the incredible White Light Retreats. Now, I have followed Steffi and all the brilliant things she does for some years now on social media, but I was so moved in the past year seeing the way that Steffi took to her platform to talk about something quite different. And this is the journey that she has been on with her partner in the last few years to conceive a baby. Now, this is something that Steffi hadn't spoken about publicly before, but it's something that I know has meant a huge amount to lots of people that follow her. And it is an experience that I really feel needs more visibility and more shared language as it mirrors that of so many people I know who have just felt so alone mm. in this thing, which is actually so common. The journey to motherhood for so many people is straightforward, but for so many others, it is not and often without any preparation means them embarking on a journey that for many feels it has literally turned their worlds inside out. However, Steffi, you have also described how the events of this past year has provided the gateway into what you describe as your greatest initiation into life. You said you thought you were on this journey to have a baby, but what you actually found was an initiation into the alchemy of life, which has also inspired the creation and name of your new brilliant podcast, The Alchemy oh. of Life. So Steffi, you know I'm just a massive fan of everything that you do and um, yeah, have just 
been wanting to have you on here for mm. such a long time. It's so wonderful to have you here as part of this series. So before we move on to anything else, I just want to thank you so much for making the time to be with us today and just wanted to ask you, first of all, how you are today. <laughs> oh, Jess, honestly, just listening to all of your words and the beautiful intimacy that you speak with you have brought tears to my eyes even though it's kind of uh yeah my story and I know it all <laughs> but it is you know today I am in a really really good place I am so grateful I am living a really big dream of mine and I live in a beautiful place and I'm very in love with my husband and with that, when you share about my story that I know too well, it is still, even with the sense and knowing of alchemy, like raw. And, you know, just hearing it through someone else's voice, through someone else's, not perspective, because it is my perspective that you're sharing from my words. It's still like, oh, yeah, that, that is, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> and yeah and Steffi you know you've you you use this 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 beautiful language about alchemy and um you know what that has meant for you in your podcast but for, for for listeners who might not be familiar with this language I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about what the alchemy of life means to you mm. Mm. For me, alchemy is a process of transformation, a process, process of transmutation from one thing to another. And oh, while when we're going through challenges, uncertainty, loss, all of these difficult things which we all go through in life, it's often hard to feel it in the moment. But mm through these times for me from my experience anyway these have certainly been the the beginnings of so much more than I could ever have have thought up in my little mind you know it's kind of going beyond the mind of what I thought it should be or how I think it should be and actually really surrendering and trusting in life and for me this has been the massive process of alchemy and it's led me to really actualizing my dreams it's funny Steffi because hearing hearing you talk um I hear so much of the language of loss in the way that you've described your experience and lots of the kind of the, the threads of the experience of 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 grief, which I recognise because I've sort of lived intimately with with grief in the last five years for, for for different reasons. But it's very interesting seeing how the language that which you have used has, you know, really really leans into the language of loss in a very direct way. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, hearing you talk about, you know, I know you've had a, it's, this last year particularly has been a huge journey for you. But how when you arrive at the you've arrived at the place where you know, you, you say you just feel such gratitude. And interestingly, again, going back to the kind of epicenter of, of my experience of loss, the thing that I found as literally the twin of loss 
was gratitude it just came to me it's 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 like a kind of it's also it's an amazing kind of um life raft um but it's also something that I think does a fundamental reframing on the way that you live and I I remember I hope you don't mind me repeating this back to you Steffi but you uh, you wrote something it probably about a year ago when I know that you just come through a very very difficult period of loss with your pregnancy and you said you woke up and you were so sad and you felt like the person that you knew had died and I just wanted to say that because when we're talking about these experiences which I know are so common for so many women it is really that it is really that deep that is that is really really how profound this experience is and so I just wondered if we could just just sort of reflect on some of that language and just yeah just Mm. wonder if you could speak to us a little bit more about that yeah well for anyone who doesn't know which will be most of your listeners I'm sure about my story just to fill in as as well a little bit is I we were trying to conceive for many years and I was really resistant to trying IVF and yeah, I felt a lot of resistance towards it because I was battling with what I felt really deeply that trust, timing, surrender, let go, all of these things that I deeply felt in my life, but yet this, um, and I'm sure you've felt it and a lot of women feel it, this yearning desperately wanting to be a mother and so months after months after months after months after months after months after year of that not happening that also for me was really a loss that for me was in some ways some of my biggest grief because it was the start it was like oh shit like what like am I possibly not going to have a baby like that was the very beginning so it was all brand new this this potential even though, of course, we all know when maybe going into possibly making a family, we all know that possibly we might not be able to have that. But for me, it was like such a background. You know, it's the same for any, anything. You know, we never really think we're going to be the ones that gets ill or we're going to be the ones that loses our husband or whatever. But these things happen. And I really just never really thought that I could possibly be a person that didn't end up having children. So in in the first few years of it, I would say that was such a grief and a loss. And it it was my 34th birthday, I think. And I decided to have a call with this IVF clinic (laughs) because I don't know, we'd been going through a few years of it. And I just thought, you know what, let's just get on a call because I'm not going to do it. But like, they're going to like make me feel good about it. We can just... You know, I'd done lots of tests and everything was fine on this first level. And I got on this call with this IVF clinic that I ended up using. And it was probably one of the most hard and painful calls I've ever had in my life. And I don't mean to say that what she didn't say wasn't supportive. She was nice and it was supportive. But in that moment, all the hope that I had that I, that was keeping me going, like was kind of I was so not in my center that what she said was truth to me Mm -hmm. and so that hope that I had within me all of a sudden 
had gone. So that that was like the beginning of it. And from there, we decided to go into IVF. And unfortunately for me, I think I really dived into this process um, in a place of disempowerment. And actually, if, you know, if I was to ever be speaking with someone who decided to go down this route, or if I could speak to myself again, you know, in hindsight, I would really just love to say to myself, like, come back home to you first, which sounds like an easy thing to do. And I probably at that time wouldn't have even know how to begin that. But I started IVF in this process of like absolute desperation, which I know so many people will be listening to and could really empathize with because it is this desperate desire to, to have a baby, which is such a natural instinct. It's such a natural thing. And I went in head first and I really was hoping that someone was going to fix me. And from this place of lack, like there's something so deeply wrong with me. So like, let's fix this. So that was the beginning of my IVF process. And I went through one, two, three transfers that all failed. And every failure again was really like grief. It was a, it was a, a loss because while it wasn't a loss of a life, or a loss of someone that I loved. It was a loss of, of what I perceived as my future. Mm. You know, it was like the loss of my dream and, and everything that I had thought I wanted and needed to be happy. Mm. And so because I'd also approached it from this place of like desperation and not good enough and lack and like fix me that cut right so deep because there was I wasn't I wasn't empowered I'd been told this is not realistic for you so I they had said that and I had taken that as truth and then as it kind of failed and failed and failed I was just going more and more into loss loss lack pain grief and you asked me this question about like this death of me and I remember at one point at the start of last summer you know you're just like who who am I? Because I was going to my friend, I'm gonna cry now. I was going to like all my friends' baby showers, you know, and my best friends' baby showers. And I what I found so difficult was that I was so happy for them, but my happiness for them was coming out and feeling so different to how I knew it, how I knew it wanted it to feel. And so you know, I'd be at my best friend's baby showers and I'd be outwardly like happy to everyone because I would be doing my best. Like, come on, like you have to do this for them. I want to do this for them. But you would go home and just be like, oh, just so exhausted and so depleted. And even though I was able to open up to my friends, my family, social media was such an amazing outlet for me at that time because we have to be careful when we're sharing vulnerability on social media that I, in my, in my opinion, I feel like I have had to be kind of processing it definitely. It's protected before I then go out and give that to the world. Mm -hmm. But when it came to this particular experience in my life that is often so made secret and often we hear about people having successes through IVF once they're pregnant and that's okay and I respect that and I understand that. But we don't often hear about people going through IVF or miscarriages and like hearing in the real time what it's like to for it not to work 
uh, there's not many stories out there of IVF not working because we hear about it when it works. Mm. And oh my goodness, the weight off my shoulders to give some of that to the world, mm. it felt so cathartic. Mm. And yeah, it that was what I meant by like the death of me. I'd go to things and just be like, when will I ever, I couldn't comprehend a time where I would ever feel like myself again. There's, so there's so much I just want to kind of um, reflect on from what you just said. Firstly, the stuff around going to your friend's baby showers and, you know, of course you turn up there with love and wanting to sort of be the friend that you've always been and, and, and to for that to, to feel straightforward for them and for you. But the other thing about loss and grief, particularly when it's very fucking raw, is that there's a lot of very dark chaotic um feelings that that come through that experience like rage like jealousy like um feeling very very disconnected from your world around you and you know I think it's absolutely I think it's a really good thing to name that because um it can also make you feel you know, and then of course, on, layered on top of that is a sense of guilt and shame that you feel these feelings because how could you be someone that goes to your best mate's baby shower and feel anything other than complete love and happiness for her? But my God, life is not just straightforward, is it? We always, mm. I think, we we always experience things in a multi-dimensional, multi-layered way. But when you're really raw from your insides out, as the consequence of a, a, you know profound experience of grieving all sorts of other things start to, you know, uh, you're, you're, you're um, holding a kind of paradox of emotion constantly, you know, sadness and gratitude, you know, joy mm. and rage, you know, love and heartbreak. I mean, all of it at once. So firstly, mm. just to say, I that is, it's actually right that you felt like that. Of course, how mm. could you not? How yeah. could you not? And, and the second thing just to say is about, you know, why we don't talk about these experiences, you know, is also why, you know, when women, you know, we're told not to tell anybody that if, if we're pregnant until the baby's at 12 weeks. Now, is that because it's almost like naming that any loss that happens up until that point isn't really a much of a loss to kind yeah. of talk about it. It's yeah. like who's who's whose convenience is that for? Is that for the mother, or is it for a very grief avoidant world that just doesn't want to have to deal with that? You know, exactly. and you just also think, you know, like if you know if you if you are pregnant and and it doesn't work out, you want people to know because you're going to need support, mm. and you want your best friends to know because they can so they can look after you. But it's a very, very sort of insidious kind of gaslighting, really. It's like, you don't want to tell anybody about that, do you? It's like, oh, no, I don't. But actually, instinctively, I know that I need support. Do you see what I mean? Absolutely. And I had a really interesting one with this, actually, which was a big teacher and quite multidimensional because we had tried for so long and we'd gone through IVF and so our families were you know there supporting us through all these rounds so they very much knew what we were in on so it was natural that when we fell pregnant it was almost like a family celebration because you know they knew what I was going through and it was just like oh my goodness what a relief and so everyone was so excited for us and my mum and dad live in Scotland and we never see them and they and they came down to London to my sister's house with her nieces who are 13 and 11 
And I remember I was seven weeks pregnant and we were in their house and and my sister was like going, because she's a therapist, she's amazing. And my sister was like, go on, Steph, like tell them, tell them. And I was thinking, oh, but you know, maybe we'll have a loss. And she was like, no, tell mom and dad. And so then I told them and they had, we had a bottle of champagne and it was all really beautiful and it was amazing and it was so happy. And then obviously we miscarried. And I remember at the time, which now I know is, is an amazing thing. But at the time, this is probably still going to make me cry. At the time, I felt so, I was so sad about the fact that my nieces, knew that I was pregnant with potentially twins and that they died and that my my sister had to explain to two young girls that Auntie Steph's babies have died. But then I obviously know how amazing that they're equipped with this at 11 and 13. Like that is the biggest gift, you know, to them. But just also that they had to try and comprehend that on some level at that age. I really felt bad about that. I really felt bad about that. But also, I think, just to kind of, I think we can't, you know, I, I, we are sort of raised, like, with this, there's this kind of, I guess, particularly in, you know, in our culture, where, you know, life is amazing, and everything's fine, and blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, life, it will be full of inevitable tragedies and heartbreaks and it will be hard and there will be losses and there will be all these things and within it you will also experience such joy and you know happy glorious times as well but I do think you know protecting I, I, I think you know it's a wonderful thing to to, to to be open about you know these experiences with children when mm. when when they happen because it is you know, I think the reason that we don't is part, partly because we are so grief avoidant, loss avoidant, yeah. we don't talk about it. Yeah. And I think part of it is just normalizing. It's like, you know, it's really, really sad, but mm. loss will happen and we, we were all going to experience it. You were going to experience it too. But do you know what? We get through it. And, mm-hmm. you know, just because you may have a terrible, sad, difficult thing that happens to you, it doesn't mean that you won't then go on to experience joy and happiness. And it will not be an end. An end. It will be a beginning of something new, possibly. And, yeah. you know, that that is those are concepts and language that I only really came to as an adult because of my experience. It's like, how wouldn't it be amazing if we could equip people when they were younger with some of that, at least putting that on their landscape? Do yeah. you know what I mean? Totally. And I feel really proud about that with my nieces because they can see me and Will now and that we are happy. And while I don't speak to them about it, because I'm sure my sister framed it in a really beautiful kind of protected, gorgeous way, even though it's obviously not gorgeous, the horrible beauty of it, we could say, is um, that I know that they'll be able to look on to us and what we're doing with our life and how happy we are. And I think Mm. that's a really beautiful example for such young girls, you know, that you can be really sad and hit rock bottom and not know how you'll ever get through it. And then to see, like have an actual representation and see that we're we're happy and we've started a brand new chapter in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And what that does in terms of modelling, like the power of resilience and all those things to those, you know, young, young girls is an amazing thing, you know. Mm. Um, You know, Steffi, one of the things that I can really sort of hear 
um, in when you were describing was like this kind of death, this this very profound death of this part of yourself, and and this kind of death of a a part of your future which you always just imagined was going to happen in a particular way. Um, it makes me think about like how you know how deeply as women we are required to carry this archetype of the mother and the fact that everybody not just ourselves but everybody in our world society everything that you know we are just expected to carry that so lightly (laughs) but for so many people Mm. it is it is the biggest thing that they take on and carry ever in their lives both when it happens mm. but also when it doesn't happen in a way that you imagine because it's not just cutting to the kind of identity of yourself but it's also the identity that everybody culturally puts onto you it's just like and it's interesting mm. that I heard you use the word around failure there it's like I I I, I was really lucky to interview Elizabeth Day for um the podcast um and she spoke I to that one it was brilliant yeah and she it's exactly the same thing this idea that as a woman by this 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 thing which is not happening which is utterly beyond your control you are somehow failing and how deeply that cuts in to the kind of to your, to your sense of identity. I mean, it's so multi-layered how deep that feeling goes. And how society is set up for that. And so if your life doesn't fit into that system of of having children, then you're choosing not to have children or you can't have children or for whatever reason you don't have children. And when you don't fit into that system that like society so is made up for, that's also quite an interesting experience especially when you you hadn't even it had never crossed your mind Mm. but it reveals you know you you learn these things you know through through the journey of going through them don't you and it's in and whilst you know these really really difficult and painful things that we go through are are absolutely that they can be the portal into this kind of amazing new spectrums of things that you suddenly see that you didn't have any comprehension of before right absolutely you know it really does it's like being able to see new colors that you hadn't known existed before absolutely and for me it was what really started to send me on this path of way of to where I am now and and a deep acceptance it it came from surrender and I feel that surrender always starts with an ending like there's there's something that we deeply need to let go of and whether it's a death or uh, what, how we imagined it to be or something that you wanted, surrender was the beginning of this, this al- alchemy and the happiness and embodiment and empowerment that I am experiencing now. That was honestly a year ago, just as close as a year ago, was so far away from me. If you told me this time last year, that in, where are we, July 2022, you will not be pregnant or you won't have a child, I would have said then, like, I'll die. Like, I'll die. Like, how could I, how could I ever do, like, how will I, how would I manage? And I can honestly say from the core of my being, from hand on heart, that I am 
in a place in my life that my mind could have never imagined because it's that much better. And the journey that it took for me to get here was this huge, profound surrender at the soul level. And it took all of me to go through all of those years of all those different kinds of losses and disappointment, 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 almost like banging my head on the same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing, more suffering, more suffering, more suffering because I want it and I'm further from it and I'm further from it and further from myself, really further from myself. That's what it was. It took me to keep banging my head till eventually this huge epiphany after being rock bottom and literally feeling like I could never get out of bed, you know, even just washing my hair. I mean, I'm sure you can relate to all of this, just like washing my hair in a day would be the biggest feat possible. You know, like if I could even wash my hair in that day, that would exhaust me and I'd have to go to bed for the rest of the day. It took me to go through all of that to this just huge epiphany moment where it was like, this is not mine to control. I have done everything in my possible control. I have tried everything I possibly could try. And you know what? I've been doing it all alone, obviously not alone, with my partner, with my friends, with my family. But like I've been kind of relying on us just to conjure this up, to do this, to do this, to do this. And it is not mine to do it alone. And I just had this big huge thing happened in my life where I literally gave it up to God and I don't mean a religious God I mean <sighs> something so much more bigger than ourselves I gave it up gave it up to beyond my control to great spirit and it's not mine to organize anymore my heart is open to it. Everything is open. I'm so open to miracles. I see miracles every single day in my life now. I was so closed. Now I'm so open. I do believe that it could possibly happen for us. But I tell you what, it's not my fight to fight. It's not a fight. I'm not going to fight. It's like this absolute surrender. And it feels good. That doesn't mean that, like, I don't still have sadness like you know this more than most Jess like I can you know it's, it's it's not one or the other thing I'm happy but also when we're talking about these things I can feel sadness and I do feel sadness and I do still be like wow I can't believe I went through that almost like wow that was and also you know I yeah that those losses are, are they I still of course carry sadness about that but my goodness, the acceptance and just actually a trust in life and a trust in what I'm learning and a trust in myself. So here I am one year on and I'm more than okay. My mind could never have really conjured up what, what I'm doing here now. Wouldn't ever have felt like this. Steffi, when you talk about trusting in life, again, for, for people who that language might not be familiar, can you just describe to us a little bit what that means to you to trust in life? I feel supported. Mm. I know that at the end of the day, the, the losses I will experience in my life beyond what we're talking about, the loss of my parents, my loved ones, 
me first, who knows, we're all here to die. It's the one certain thing that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that at the end of the day, I am supported by something so much bigger that I can like touch. It's not tangible. It's a feeling of great support. And for anyone who's like, what the heck is she talking about? My journey with this really began with nature. You know, like when you go out into nature and you sit and you you be with nature, you go on that beautiful forest walk and you just start to connect with nature. For me, that's like the beginning and it's the most simplest way to just go and have a walk in nature. Connect to your feet on the ground. Connect with the trees. Notice your breath. And for me, those simple, basic things that are there for us all the time, it's like, you aren't alone, Steph. There's something so much bigger conspiring here. And ultimately, it's got my back. That doesn't mean people aren't going to die. That doesn't mean there isn't going to be pain. That doesn't mean there isn't going to be uncertainty. But I believe that even through the darkest, hardest challenges, there is something good to come out of it. And this is what I mean by alchemy. Like, when I say I wouldn't be who I am without going through what I've gone through, it's saying that all the lessons through that difficult time, thank goodness for those lessons. Mm -hmm. Like, everything is bringing us to where we need to be. And it's not always easy, easy. And I'm not bypassing pain. But I trust that Firstly, I'm going to be okay. And secondly, wow, this is propelling me onto something Mm. new, something beyond where I am now. It's growth. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's, it's something that I... I, I really think I really feel as well and this idea that you know I I don't believe in you know an all-knowing God or particularly not in the kind of organized sort of religious sense but I absolutely do have believe you know, well have a complete sense of awe and wonder for the kind of mi- literal mystery of like creation and nature 
and existence itself and everything that is beyond the realms are possibly our very one-dimensional realms of comprehension about the universe and everything creation in and of itself but there is something that comes up quite often um in the space between spirituality and religion that I sometimes do find quite difficult to sit with and it's something that I think if you're somebody that has been through a very difficult life experience or whatever you probably hear this quite a lot and maybe you have too and it, and it almost becomes a platitude um that I don't know I think people offer it in a helpful way but for me it certainly has um not felt helpful and it's this thing where people say you know everything happens for a reason right and the, yeah you're shaking your head the re- the reason I have issues is maybe the same as for you is because it implies that somehow you know some of the most horrific or indiscriminately cruel things that happen to us or that can happen in life somehow happen as part of a higher order or a higher yeah. plan and I just find that very very difficult to yeah. accept I think there is an innate chaos to living Mm. um but what I do think is incredible um is you know I think it is amazing how human beings can endure and emerge in this transformed and sometimes you know how, how the most terribly awful things that we go through can just be this incredible you know um ground for growth Mm. and what is amazing is not that the universe makes it okay but that human beings have the capacity to endure and heal and renew and grow from deep suffering and it's not something separate from us it happens by us and I think that should be recognized more it's not the universe that is always making it okay it's us that manage that manages to you know, yes. I'm not I'm not taking away from that that inexplicable mystery of things that sometimes happen that you just can't, can't possibly explain. But in day to day experiences, I think that needs to be acknowledged more. Yeah, I totally agree. And like the, the strength of the human heart and the human how the human heart can hold it all and everything that you're saying. I agree with Jess. Also, maybe to add to that, don't really know what I'm going to say here. But just when you were speaking, I was thinking and feeling to say that. For me, though, it's not that, you know, the universe, <laughs> this might be a deep one out, the universe isn't outside of us, though. See, that's the difference. It's not like Ooh. something, you know, like where you're seeing. I like I, that. I completely agree <laughs> that, like, it's not something outside of us, like an outside God or an outside universe or, like, you know, that universe is conspiring and, like, um, if it's meant for you, it won't pass you by and all that shit. Like, I totally agree with you, but I feel that it's you. everything that you've said about the profound nature of the human and the resilience and, wow, it's us who does it, exactly. But my words and my language isn't probably going to be right here, but... Like we are the universe and the universe is us, you see. So it's not no, two separate things. I mean, that's the best possible answer you could have given to that question. Because <laughs> it's true. I had not thought about it like that. It is. That is true. Mm. That is true. Mm. That's a beautiful answer to that question. And it's one that I'm going to ponder now. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, when we're speaking about um, the spiritual kind of space and some of the the phrases that get thrown around and I'm sure you know 
all good meaning but really lands so wrongly is you know any idea that you have manifested your illness or your infertility or your loss or your whatever you know like I, I believe definitely that our, you know, our thoughts create to an extent our reality to an extent and like how we can sort of try to view things in different perspectives, neuroplasticity works, all these scientific things are amazing and I'm a very spiritual person. However, this uh, idea that you've manifest your, your illness, I think is really or you've manifested this, you know, there, honestly, there was a time that I was like, I've manifested the fact that it's not going to be easy for me to have a baby. Now, there is an element of me that takes responsibility in that. And I mean, it's a small element in terms of like, there is work that I can do in terms of like, do I really believe I can be a mother? And also asking myself, do I really want to be a mother? Or is it something I've been conditioned to want? And perhaps this is part of my lesson and journey. And this is something that I need to go through. All of those things I completely, that is what I'm about. But this idea that I'm solely responsible in terms of like, I've manifested this because I had a bad day and I thought, oh my God, I'm not going to have a kid. It's a load of bullshit. Oh my God, completely. I can't stop thinking about what you said about that we are the universe. That's kind of blown, mm. blown my noggin a little bit. <laughs> I love it. Um, oh God. Um so Steffi what does courage feel like Mm. well courage is vulnerability for me personally and courage feels like hmm it feels like authenticity Mm. and for me, courage is stepping up in this world to be who I am and to do what I'm here to do authentically. And <laughs> that takes courage. So you ask me, what does courage feel like? <sighs> I think I'm a very courageous person. That sounds really narcissistic, but leaning into the depths of the unknown and the depths of who I am is something that I know that I'm here to do. So it comes mm-hmm. off with ease to me. It's not something that I'm particularly afraid of. I also have spent the last decade making mistakes in front of an audience. Um, and those sort of things, it just comes very easy to me because it's no, I know it's like part of my unique coding. Like, it feels like an authentic, authentic and necessary uh, journey for my soul. It's like what I'm here to do. And it's, a, it's, it's also a role of leadership. Like you can't be a leader without being courageous in my, in my view. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I love that. <laughs> Steffi, if there's one person in the world that you would like to be proud of you, this could be someone who's living or also somebody who may have died who would that be and why oh yeah I just really feel like I just really want my mom and dad to be proud of me but you know my dad 
Sorry, it's so basic. I'm trying to be really as honest no, as I, I possibly it. can be. I so I'm it. feeling through everything. But, you know, I really do know that they are proud of me. And, you know, me and my dad, we have a funny old relationship. But I tell you what, I have a newsletter and I send out a newsletter, you know, with my all my yoga offerings kind of very sporadically. But whenever I do, the first person to reply, he just says, I'm so proud to be your dad, Steph. <laughs> Oh. or he says like you're amazing I'm so proud and I mean this will be an email with such like esoteric language and all about like the vulva and the women <laughs> and <my> dad, like, <laughs> Love it. So, he has no idea what's going on but I'm so proud of your dad and so that feels amazing and you know my mom like god bless her she doesn't say to me I'm really proud of you but I I know she's proud of who I am yeah. and so for me that's amazing and my husband yeah Oh, darling, amazing. So, Steffi, I, you know how much I've been looking forward to this. I've been wanting to have you on for such a long time. It's just, I mean, I really mean it. I feel so passionately about creating more visibility for this conversation. You know, I don't know a single person who's, you know, journey to motherhood, whatever that may be, has not one of, been one of the biggest journeys of their life. Mm. For some of them, it may have been quite straightforward they're still massive for others it has literally turned their lives inside out and I think a big part of that is because you know there just isn't enough visibility of just having this experience mirrored back to people and and starting to normalize it and so I just wanted to thank you so much on behalf of myself and you know everybody listening to this podcast and everything that you do because I really think having your experience mirrored back to you in the darkest times of your life can feel like it saves your life a little bit yeah. so I just wanted to say that on behalf of myself and all of our listeners thank you so much for everything that you do oh thank you <laughs> um so Steffi um in true human form we always play out with a song and so um I was wondering what song would you like to dedicate to our conversation today <laughs> oh my goodness okay <laughs> I always oh, think oh, I've got it. Yes, go. Just because uh, Leon Bridges Beyond, because it was our first dance. Oh God, I'm gonna cry again. So it was our first dance at our wedding, and you know what? Like I think back to that very young couple who were so naive in the most beautiful way, and all the naivety that we still hold, and all the youth that we still hold, but. You know, we got married and we were so in love and we went on this mad roller coaster of difficulty for three years. And then here we are three years later, starting this whole new chapter of working together. My husband's just left the corporate world. We've moved across to a different country and we're in Mallorca and it's absolutely not what we ever thought it was going to look like by this point. But I'm more in love with him now. <laughs> and and I'm so proud of us and yeah that's amazing to just circle back to our first dance <laughs> oh amazing perfect perfect well thank you so much for being here with us Steffi we love you thank you darling thank oh, you for joining you, us Jess. thank you so much okay. <laughs> so here we have it Leon Bridges beyond don't wanna get ahead of myself Feeling things I've never 
Thank you all so much for listening. If you'd like to rate, review and subscribe to us on your podcast app, then please do. And you know the score, five stars, please. If you'd like to come and say hello on Instagram, then you can find me and all things human podcast related at This Is Jess Mills. This podcast was created and hosted by me, Jess Mills, with creative co-production by Bonnie Tyburn and produced by Joel Porter at dot dot dot. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.